Good morning. It is good that we are here, amen? amen? All right, good to be here together. Uh, uh, this is my, I don't know, can you see him over there? Bring him back here. This is my friend, my friend the donkey. He, he lives here at church. You've probably seen him around here. But really, he only comes out uh, a couple times a year. Uh, he had a bit part, you may remember, in the Christmas story, carrying Mary from Nazareth to Bethlehem. That would be carrying the woman who carried the Son of God in her womb. And the years after Bethlehem were, uh, were unremarkable. Uh, for 30 years, Jesus' life was uh, um, unremarkable. And for the donkey, I think we can say the same. But at the age of 30, everything changed for Jesus. He was baptized in the Jordan River. The heavens, were told, were torn apart. And small-time life was over for the carpenter's shop was closed. For the next three years, Jesus had this traveling salvation show. Uh, he would, it, it would inspire awe and wonder. He would feed the poor, heal the sick. He taught with parables and spoke with words of grace. And of course, as you know, he kept uh, time with the wrong kind of people. And he never met a dead body that he didn't raise to new life. The three years are about over now. Jesus has come to Jerusalem for the final time. The holy city was an occupied city. The Romans were in charge. Pontius Pilate represented the world's reigning superpower. Thoughts of revolution simmered under the surface of a strained peace. Order was kept by the sword and by the religious people who controlled the temple and consequently controlled the common people. 
Jerusalem was filled with religious pilgrims and zealots. The feast of the Passover was about to begin. Hundreds of thousands of people came to celebrate the Passover. They came to make sacrifices to God at the magnificent temple to eat and to drink, to hear news from the far-flung corners of the Jewish nation displaced throughout the Roman world. Some had never seen the holy city. Others came every year. But the talk on the street centered on the rabbi from the Galilee. Everyone was talking about Jesus. The small town rabbi was approaching the holy city from the village of Bethany. And as he crested the hillside of the Mount of Olives, there before him in all of its magnificence was a temple sitting high on Mount Moriah. And that's when my friend comes back into the story. The donkey enters the story again because Jesus would ride on a donkey down an ancient pathway that descended the Mount of Olives down through the Kidron Valley and up through the Golden Gate of the city. Thousands of pilgrims and zealots have been waiting for this moment and the talk centered on Jesus. Would he lead a revolt? Could this Jesus be the long way to Messiah? Could this miracle worker lead them in a revolution that would run the Romans out of the city? He's coming. He's coming. Look, Jesus is coming. Move aside. Get out of the way. This was not a Roman road like those that led from Jaffa or Damascus. No, this was a small path, a pilgrim path, 10 feet wide, beaten down by the faithful footsteps of generations of oppressed people. There was electricity in the air. He was riding on that donkey. Quick, step aside. Jesus is coming. The hope for Messiah was about to pass by. They cut branches from palm trees. They lifted palms in their hands in hope. And they covered the ancient path with palm branches, singing, Hosanna, Hosanna, Lord, save us. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. My friends, all across the Christian world, it's Palm Sunday. The sun is out on the Mount of Olives, and we are standing on the Palm Sunday road. So I'd invite you to stand. Raise your palms and join the parade, singing, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We sing all glory, laud, and honor.
parade will continue in a moment. Keep those palms out. But we now move to a responsive reading from the Apostle Paul, an early hymn in the church, the Christ hymn. Let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. Did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. Being born in human likeness. And became obedient to the point of death. Therefore, God also highly exalted him. So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth. Continue, all glory, Lord, and honor. be with you. Let us pray. Redeemer of the world, amid the noise and clamor of daily life, may we focus upon your suffering and death and hear your cry of separation as our reconciliation with heaven. In your mercy, enable us to share in Jesus' obedience to your will and in the glorious victory of his resurrection. We pray in the name of the one who entered on a donkey and died on a cross, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Amen. I would invite you to be seated. This is a, a, a unique uh, Sunday in our life together uh, as Christian people when we begin with palms and we move towards passion.
first reading is from the 14th chapter of Mark. On the first of the days of unleavened bread, the day they prepare the Passover sacrifice, his disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations so you can eat the Passover meal? He directed two of his disciples, go into the city. A man carrying a water jug will meet you. Follow him. Ask the owner of whichever house he enters. The teacher wants to know, where is my guest room where I eat the Passover meal with my disciples? He will show you a spacious second-story room, swept and ready. Prepare for us there. The disciples left, came to the city, found everything just as he had told them, and prepared the Passover meal. After sunset, he came with the twelve. And as they were at the supper table eating, Jesus said, I have something hard but important to say to you. One of you is going to hand me over to the conspirators. One who at this moment is eating with me. Stunned, they started asking one another, it isn't me, is it? He said, it's one of the 12, one who eats with me out of the same bowl. In one sense, it turns out that the Son of Man is entering into a way of treachery, well marked by the Spirit, uh, by the Scriptures. No surprises here. In another sense, the man who turns him in turns traitor to the Son of Man. Better never to have been born than to do this. In the course of their meal, having taken and blessed the bread, he broke it and gave it to them. And then he said, take, this is my body. Taking the chalice, he gave it to them, thanking God, and they all drank from it. He said, this is my blood, God's new covenant poured out for many people. I'll not be drinking wine again until the new day when I drink it in the kingdom of God. They sang a hymn and then went directly to Mount Olives. Jesus told them, you're going to feel that your world is falling apart and that it's all my fault. There's a scripture that says, I will strike the shepherd. The sheep will go helter-skelter. But after I'm raised, I will go ahead of you, leading the way to Galilee. Peter blurted out, even if everyone else is ashamed of you, when things fall to pieces, I won't be. Jesus said, don't be so sure. Today, this very night, in fact, before the rooster crows twice, 
you will deny me three times. He blustered in protest. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. All the others said the same thing. The word of the Lord. How vast beyond all measure that he would give his only son to make a wretch his treasure. How great the pain of searing loss the father turns his face away as wounds which mar the chosen one bring many souls to glory behold the man upon a cross my sin upon Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there until it was accomplished. His dying breath has brought me I know that it is finished. I will not boast in anything, no gifts, no power, no wisdom, but I will boast in Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection. Why should I gain from his reward? I cannot give an answer, but this I know with all my heart. His wounds have paid my ransom. It was my sin I know with all my heart His wounds have paid my
I don't think I could begin to explain to you the journey that I've been on. I'm a nobody. I'm a fisherman from the Galilee. Nets, water, boats, fish, that's all I've ever known in my life. And then a a rabbi from Nazareth approached me one day. He invited me to, to come along to follow him. It made no sense. Me? Why me? I had nothing to offer him. But for some reason, I decided to roll the dice, to take a chance, to leave the nets behind and to follow, follow, follow along with him. And i got to tell you, this was very troubling to my family. They worried about me then, and they, they still worry about me today, probably for good reason. It was three years ago that I met Jesus. And I have witnessed things that I will never forget, things that you would find improbable or impossible, things that I cannot explain to you. Jesus was my rabbi. Jesus was a miracle worker. Jesus was my friend. Was. Jesus was. To say he is no more. How did it all go so wrong? It was just a couple of days ago that we approached Jerusalem together. We had come, as pilgrims do, to celebrate the Passover. The temple, in all of its splendor, filled the horizon as we crested the Mount of Olives and looked out on the holy city. And there were thousands of people on the road that day. They had come from their small villages to make sacrifices, to pray, to remember the blood of the Passover lamb that had saved the children of Israel from bondage in Egypt. And Jesus rode on a donkey, and we walked with him. Peter was there, and John. Mary Magdalene was there. Lazarus, Zacchaeus, Bartimaeus, Judas, We were all there with him. And then a man from Sidon fell down on his knees before Jesus, and he called out saying, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us, Lord. And the next thing I know, the path in front of us is parting. People are stepping aside to the right and to the left, and they are all calling out now, Hosanna, Hosanna. And then they begin to lay their outer garments on the roadway. And soon there are palm branches everywhere. This parade, this parade of palms continued through the Kidron Valley and up to the golden gate of the Temple Mount. No one could have missed it. Those inside the walls, they noticed too. The religious leaders, they they took note. There were 100,000 pilgrims in Jerusalem for the Passover. And by now, they were all talking about my friend, about the rabbi from the Galilee, Jesus, my master, my friend, 
the excitement would continue to build all through the week. And the eyes of the oppressed and the gaze of the powerful were focused on Jesus. And on Thursday night, we gathered in an upper room to share a Passover meal. And the conversation was lively. The food was tasty. We sang and we laughed. It was a festive celebration. And then in an instant, in an instant, everything changed. Jesus said, one of you will betray me. And with those words, a deep sadness settled in. We have been through thick and thin together the last three years. I knew these men. I knew each of them personally. They would give their very lives for Jesus. It could not be true. It was impossible that one of us would betray him. It was beyond comprehension. But if it was true, Could it be me? God forbid it. God forbid it, I say. May I sink to the bottom of the sea with a millstone tied around my neck. Jesus, is it I? Will I forsake you? He took the Passover bread and blessed it. He broke it. And he gave it to us. And the words he spoke brought a chill to my spine. This is my body. Eat it and remember me. Why? Why do I need to remember you, Jesus? You're sitting right here with us. There was not a sound in the room as he raised the cup. He said, this is my blood. My blood. Drink. Drink of it, all of you, for the forgiveness of sin. We were stunned. In silence, we did as he told us. We we choked down the bread and we drank the wine. And then Jesus began to sing. He began to sing and we all joined in. It was a traditional hymn of thanksgiving to God for providing a Passover lamb. The meal was complete. We, we walked out of the city now. The moonlight illuminated a frosty evening. Our shadows moved silently in the night. We came up out of the Kidron Valley to the Mount of Olives, to the Garden of Gethsemane there. It was a quiet place. It was also a place we knew very well because we often came here on our visits to Jerusalem. We had been here so many times before, but tonight would be different. There was an ominous chill in the air. Jesus gathered us in close. He said, this night, this very night, all of you will betray me. As he said it, his voice trembled. It was clear that he was troubled. Peter spoke up. Peter said, even if, I, even if they all reject you, Lord, even if they all reject you, I will never leave your side. I, Lord, and then Jesus stopped him. He stopped him mid-sentence. 
he held Peter by the shoulders, and he said, Peter, listen. Listen to what I'm telling you, Peter. Tonight, before the cock crows, you will deny me not once, not twice, but three times. The master then walked alone into the garden to pray. We rested in silence. We were afraid to speak. And then suddenly there was a commotion. We could hear a commotion, and then we could see torches. Out of the city came armed guards carrying torches, and with them, Judas. No, not Judas. Not my friend, Judas. And he approached Jesus, and he kissed him. The guards seized Jesus. I would have fought to the death to save him, but he would have none of it. No, he was a man of peace. The focus was on Jesus, but all of a sudden we knew that we were all in grave danger too. We could be arrested at any moment. What option did we really have? There could be no benefit in all of us being jailed. So we ran. We ran and we hid. We ran into the darkness of the night. Danger. There was danger in the air. And all of a sudden, dangerous questions started coming my way. Who was arrested up there? How should I know? I was not there. Where have they taken the rabbi? What do you, who do you think I am? You are mistaken, I tell you. I do not know the man. My cowardly retreat took me deeper and deeper into the darkness of the night. Meanwhile, they took Jesus to Caiaphas' house. The religious leaders hated Jesus. They could not control him. He would not conform. He was a threat, and they wanted him dead, and so they interrogated him there. They trumped up charges against him. They beat him, and they threw him in a dungeon in the bowels of the earth. Alone in the darkness. Alone, betrayed, abandoned. I I, I should have been with him. I sat in the darkness and cried. I too was alone. Alone to face my betrayal, my disappointment, my fear. I cried and no doubt all the others were crying as well. And Judas... I am told that he returned the blood money. He was sorry for what he'd done. And his despair was so great that he hanged himself. Darkness. Jerusalem was enveloped in darkness. It was a suffocating darkness. And the next morning, they bound Jesus and led him away to Pontius Pilate, the Roman governor, a little man who cared only about himself. Oh, he pretended to care about the truth, but the truth would have little bearing in any decision that he ever made. And so he sentenced Jesus to death. He did so to make the crowd happy, the Palm Sunday parade watchers who were now filled with hate, incited by the religious leaders. They thirsted now for blood. 
Pilate sentenced him to death. But first, the gutless leader washed his hands of the whole affair. He would assume no blame for the blood of Jesus. They beat him. They beat Jesus beyond recognition. He was forced to wear a crown of thorns. Blood ran down his face. He carried his cross to the place of the skull. And there along the main road between two common criminals, they would make an example of him. There for everyone to see as if to say, take note, all of you, if you are a threat to the religious order, a cross waits for you. Take note, all of you, if you offend Rome, there is a cross waiting for you too. Soldiers gambled for his possessions. And people walked by the cross, spitting on him, cursing, saying terrible things. Jesus was alone, abandoned, scorned, disregarded. And it was dark. It was the middle of the day, but it resembled the darkest night. And it was then, from that cross, that Jesus cried out, Father, Forgive them. They know not what they do. But I knew. I knew what I had done. And he had warned me ahead of time. He had warned me and still I betrayed him. I wanted to run to that cross and declare my love for him. But my, but my legs, they would move. And my voice was mute. And my silence convicts me to this day. The earth shook. His head dropped. He was dead. My rabbi. My friend. Still there by the cross were the women. Mary Magdalene. The mother of James. There were others gathered there. They were gathered in grief around the mother of our Lord. She had cried the day he was born, and now the grief of the mother had come full circle. I could watch no longer. It was over. His body broken, his blood shed, just as he had told us. How could it all go so wrong? The body was then given to Joseph of Arimathea. He was a very rich man, and I think Pilate owed him a favor or two. The body was prepared for burial. It was wrapped in a clean shroud. Then Joseph put the body in his own tomb, a tomb that had been cut into solid rock, and they rolled a huge stone against the entrance of the tomb, and soldiers came to stand guard there. How did it all go so wrong? Listen. All is quiet now. The mobs are gone. The mobs have gone home to hug their children. Home to prune their olive trees. Home to drink wine or take a nap. It's quiet. The political peace is secure. 
Pilate is probably back in Caesarea by now. All is quiet. The body lies motionless in the tomb. This body broken for us. All is quiet. It is deathly quiet. And then the silence is broken. In the distance, I hear a sound. It is laughter. The laughter of the evil one. Jesus is dead. His teachings ignored. His followers dispersed. Jesus is dead. His body broken. His blood shed. The laughter is all I hear now. Laughter. Laughter. The victory belongs to the evil one. The victory is his. How did it all go? So wrong. Lord, Forgive us, Lord, forgive me. I invite you to stand now as we sing together our hymn of the day, Beneath the Cross of Jesus.
prayers. Judy will lead us. Each petition will end, hear us, O God, and we will respond, for your mercy is great. Let us join the whole people of God in prayer for all who cry out in pain and in hope. Be with all who wave palm branches and walk the road to the cross. As we shout, Hosanna, be with each one of your disciples that we might faithfully and clearly proclaim the gospel to the world. Give strength and wisdom to your church that in every corner of the earth, we may share your love with the world you created. Hear us, O oh God. We give thanks for the amazing journey and safe return of all the pilgrims who traveled to the Holy Land the last two weeks. Be with Kevin and Tina as they journey home today. May their time there bring them closer to you and make them more effective witnesses as they live, live your gospel of love and mercy. Hear us, O oh God. We pray for all of those whose lives are disrupted by natural disasters. Give us renewed faith and energy to follow your call to steward this creation and heal our planet for generations to come. Hear us, O oh God. You are the King of Peace. Gentle Jesus, remind leaders of every nation that you call them to rule with justice and righteousness. We lift our continuing prayers for all those affected by the war in Ukraine. Comfort the many who have lost loved ones and those for whom hope seems so distant Calm our warring madness and guide combatants to act with restraint and compassion. Give leaders wisdom and ingenuity as they search for solutions that truly lead to peace and restoration. May your grace sustain us in this holy work. Hear us, O oh God. Come to all in need, mighty God. Sustain the weary. Comfort those who mourn. Protect those who suffer injustice. Comfort those who live in fear. Heal the sick. Accompany the dying. We pray especially for those whose names we either hold in our hearts or now say out loud. 
Hear us, O God. For your mercy is great. As we walk through this holy week ahead, may the members of our community make our various journeys from passion and death in all its manifestations to new life, holding fast to the promise of, resurre of resurrection. Hear us, O God. To you, gracious God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your boundless mercy through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. We share a sign of peace and greeting with one another. Peace, my dear. Thank you. Thank you for sharing in that greeting of peace. After the service, come on over to the gym for a time of coffee and cookies and fellowship together. Down the hall, uh, Sunday school this morning and adult forum, adult education down the fireside room with Linda Neverman this morning at uh, 910. Uh, adult education every Sunday. Uh, down the hall. Lots of announcements uh, printed for you. Obviously a big week in the church, Holy Week. So we have services on Thursday night, 7 o'clock, right here. Monday, Thursday service. Monday means commandment. Oh, we'll be looking at that Thursday night in Holy Week. Uh, Holy Communion service here um, Thursday night at 7 o'clock will also be streamed for you. And then uh, on Friday, Good Friday, we'll have services here at noon and at seven o'clock at night. Same service, Good Friday liturgy, noon, seven o'clock at night. The seven o'clock uh, service will be streamed as well. And then take note, uh, next week, uh, there is no eight o'clock service. So take note for all of you. It's seven, nine, and 11 next week. Easter Sunday, start outside in the courtyard. Uh, beautiful out there this morning at seven o'clock. Uh, we'll, we'll start out there in the courtyard if the weather will allow us. 7, 9, 11, Easter breakfast going on during the morning as well. Easter egg hunt at 10, 15, a great celebration of Easter. And uh, Verna and Earl are working on the garden, right? So if you'd like to help with the Easter garden, there, that's going to happen Saturday morning at 8 a.m. Is that right, Verna? Okay, there's information in the bulletin, but if you'd like to know more, uh, talk to Verna. Uh, about that. Thank you for the uh, continued uh, support for the uh, refugees in the Ukraine. Um, 
It's about $75,000 we've raised now and sent on to help with that. Uh, we know it's a drop in the bucket, but it's our piece, and together with all the other pieces, it does make a difference. Having just been uh, this past week in Istanbul, seeing where they have millions of refugees and seeing the plight of a lot of these refugees, everything we do makes a difference. So thank you so much uh, for that uh, giving as well to, uh, to support those refugees in Eastern Europe. Deacon Amy? Good morning. Uh, as he mentioned, Sunday school continues every Sunday between worship services. We're meeting in the gym for a time of lessons and stories and crafts and fun together. Um, confirmation class is taking a break until after Easter. We'll meet again on the 24th, but our middle school and high school youth groups will continue to meet during the weeks. Uh, Tuesday evening at 7 is for high school students, and Wednesday evenings at 5 is for middle school students, just a time to kind of take a break and relax and have fun together for both of those groups. And then May 6th is a Friday evening. We're looking forward to our all-night lock-in for middle school students. We've reserved the roller barn up in Oak Harbor, and then we'll come back here for games and movies and snacks and food and more snacks and more food and maybe a little bit of sleep somewhere in there. And then uh, parents of teenagers. How many of you have raised teenagers? Yeah, so you know, so parents of teenagers have an opportunity to get together Thursday, April 21st. Uh, just a time to be together and to maybe support each other and to enjoy uh, company of other parents raising teenagers. So any questions about any of these things, please come and see me. Thanks. All right. Thank you, uh, Deacon Amy. Um, okay, a little quiz. Where were you on April 7th? 1932. <laughs> Remember? Well, on that day, uh, little Tom Knack made his way down the birth canal. Uh, Tom had a, a 90th birthday this week on April 7th. Uh, hold, hold on one second. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> a reminder from heaven, it's also Robin's birthday tomorrow. <laughs> and she would kill me if I told you that. So don't, I didn't hear this from me. But we're going to sing to Tom Knack. Uh, Tom, you're standing up, or are we going to stay down? We want to sing to you. Happy birthday, 90th birthday. Are you ready? Thank you, Tom. Thank you for your service to the church, to our country, and to your family. Happy birthday to you. We're going to continue now. I invite you to stand as we'll lift our hearts in prayer, singing together as Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer. from the time of trial and the 
morning into a world that needs Jesus Christ, needs you to be the hands and feet of Jesus in the world. You're going out into Holy Week. Make a difference this week. And as you go, may God bless you and keep you. May God's face shine on you and be gracious to you. May God look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And our sending hymn, Lift High the Cross. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be.